Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. We're about to dive into God's Word, but I want to share with you guys a little bit about Christmas and what we're going to be doing. I know it's finally, you guys know it's December. I can see by all the flannel in the house today. You guys know it is December. It's all right, I'll wear mine next week. Um, And so, man, as we are in the middle of December, and not the middle, the beginning, uh, sorry, I mean to rush things, um, we are getting geared up for Christmas. I wanted to share with you guys just a few things um, about Christmas. And uh, so, man, make sure that you're checking all the stuff about Christmas Eve. We're doing two Christmas Eve services this year. We'll do um, one here on Christmas Eve. It'll be just like normal because Christmas. Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, and uh, unless you serve in a church, you wouldn't know that, but we've known it for about 12 months now. Uh, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, so we're going to meet at our regular time here to do a Christmas Eve service. It'll be fun. It'll be great, Um, but we're also going to do a more traditional Christmas Eve service uh, on Christmas Eve Eve on the Saturday night before Christmas Eve, and we're going to do it in downtown Fredericksburg um, at the hotel, the Courtyard Marriott, and the reason we're doing that is because we want to engage engage as many people as we can with the good news of Christmas, the good news of Jesus. And so, uh, man, I want to encourage you. You'll hear more about that as we go, but I want to encourage you, man, would you just consider like coming to both services? Like, would you consider coming to both and bringing people to both with you? Would you consider being a part and serving with us and letting, making Jesus known throughout our city during that time and uh, really just enjoying that? Because guys, listen, like, I know there's a lot happening this Christmas, but followers of Jesus, man, we, it's our holiday. Like, we have a reason to celebrate more than anybody else does because Jesus was born, he came and died, and he rose from the dead. So we've got a lot to celebrate. So I just want to encourage you guys, stick with us for Christmas. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on, and um, I'm real excited about it. Um, hey, uh, if you guys have a Bible with you this morning, go ahead and get that out. Uh, maybe you have a Bible, or you want to use a phone or a tablet, uh, feel free to do that as well. And uh, we're going to turn to the book of John. We're going to start out in John chapter 3 today. And I'm not going to tell you uh, what verse just yet, because i got a few things I want to chat about and set up for you. Um, and if I know you people, you'll start reading everything and skip ahead, all right? And so, uh, so we're going to be in John chapter 3. I want you to just kind of hang out there for a second so you can turn or scroll uh, down to John chapter 3. I wanted to remind you, it's a good time to remind you, you got some response cards on your seats. Hopefully you got one uh, when you came in uh, on your seat. If not, you can steal one from a chair uh, next to you or your neighbors when they're not looking. And you can fill out that blue tear-off part. Um, that's called our response card. And you guys, we're going to ask everybody that's here today. That's not just for new people. Everybody in our church every week fills that card out. And it's just a way for you to communicate. Uh, one that you came to, a prayer request we can pray about for you. And then on the back, there's a way to communicate some next steps you feel like God might be leading you to take. Uh, and so that's just a way for us to communicate uh, those next steps. All right. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Hey, as we celebrate Christmas, um, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, this idea of Christmas 
And uh, here at Impact, we're going to talk about it really in three ways. We're going to talk about um, how Christmas affects us in three ways. How it affects us um, by reaching inside of us, how it affects us by helping us reach out, um, and how it affects us by allowing us to reach up to Jesus. And so we're going to be talking about how Christmas affects us in, out, and up. Um, over the next few weeks. So I'm really excited that we get a chance to do that. Um, and so as we're talking about Christmas, um, I don't know, how many of you are already in the Christmas spirit? You're already in the Christmas. Wow. Okay. All right. Everybody else is like, bah humbug. Like, uh, and I'm not even going to ask you if you're in the Christmas spirit because you won't even say anything. Um, you won't even do that. Uh, I know it's kind of hard, right? But we depend on a lot of stuff to get us in the Christmas spirit, right? And that's why one reason why I think uh, during the pandemic we accelerated this and people start putting their Christmas trees up in October. You know, next year it'll be September, you know, and by the time my, my kids are adults, uh, they're going to be putting their trees up in July. Be Chris, Christmas in July will be a real thing. We might just move the whole holiday to July just to do it earlier. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's amazing. And the reason why I think that we do that, uh, guys, is because we are desperate for the good feelings, the good vibes that Christmas can give to us. And so there's just something that nostalgia does to the brain, right? When you put up that Christmas tree, when you hang up those ornaments, when you hang those stockings, when you light the fireplace, when you watch the Christmas movies, like it just does something to you to kind of, kind of get you into a Christmas spirit. The problem with that is there's really no problems. Like those are all good things to do. I'm not a, I'm not a Grinch. Our tree is up. I'm super pumped about it too. Like um, we're, I'm, I'm not a Grinch. We are a uh, Thanksgiving night. The tree gr goes up. We weren't always that way, but that's what the pandemic gave to us. Um, but we, so that's how we moved ours up. Um, but there's a few things that kind of get us in the Christmas spirit. Like um, sometimes we depend on Christmas trees, right, to get us into the Christmas spirit. And you guys can see, I've got some pictures of some of this stuff up. But you guys can see, like, um, it kind of gets us. I mean, doesn't that just scream like, ah. <laughs> and, uh, and so it just kind of gets us in the Christmas spirit. Of course, nobody's house looks like that. Like, well, nobody's house with three kids anyway. It looks like that. I don't know if your house, if it does, man, what are we doing here? Let's go. Let's go to your house. Um, that's really relaxing and awesome, even with a wooden rocking chair. I mean, how cool is that? So, um, so we, we depend a lot about Christmas trees. We hear a lot about Christmas trees. We hear a lot about this next one, Christmas cookies. Like, man, how cool. Man, doesn't that look so good? Um, I don't know, man, if you're a Christmas cookie decorator, I am a Christmas cookie eater. Let's team up, baby. Let's team up. Let's see what damage we can do uh, this holiday. I love a good Christmas cookie, but we depend on some of that, right? We got certain recipes we like to use. It's the, we got uh, cookie cutters and all this stuff. And don't forget just the good old Christmas parties. Like, we need some Christmas parties to get us into the Christmas spirit and uh, just a chance to hang out. I don't, well, there's Santa, right? right there. I don't, know. I don't know if your Christmas party looks like that. That's like the Christmas party nightmares are made out of right there. Uh, I think it's the glow that does it for me. Uh, and so, uh, man, Christmas parties. And then lastly, like, I think more than anything else, you're going to hear about Christmas gifts. Like more than anything else. And you may say, no, Brandon, for me, it's the tree. For me, it's, you know, the cookies. For me, it's this. But listen, in our culture, the one thing that we really latch on to during Christmas 
is the Christmas gifts. Like, you're going to hear about this more than anything else because our culture uh, really has an obsession over commercialization, right? I mean, you think about it, like, we've just survived through 20,000 Black Fridays. Like, I mean, did you guys notice it has been Black Friday since May, like, it is like, all of a sudden, we're, we're doing Black Friday in the spring. We're doing Black Friday in the summer. And it's been Black Friday for like six months. And I, I keep getting email after email after email. Hey, those sticky notes you put in your cart, they're two cents off today, Black Friday. Like, come get them, you know. And it's just, it's just crazy, like the, you know, the commercialization. And so whether or not gifts do it for you, no doubt you will be inundated with the thought, the word, the verbiage of Christmas gifts. And so today, what I want us to do is I want us to talk about how Christmas compels us to reach out. How Christmas compels us to reach out. And if you're taking notes, and I want to encourage you to do that, we've got some notes cards on your seat, or you can use your phone or tablet, or if you brought a notebook, I want you to write, write that, that Christmas compels us to reach out. And so one of the ways the Bible uses, um, the Bible uses a word often to describe reaching out. And the biblical word that is used is the word generosity. Generosity. And so I want you guys to just write down the word generosity. And when we're talking about how Christmas compels us to reach out, what we're really talking about is we're talking about generosity. Now, I know for a fact, I've been doing this for a while, that usually when we bring up the word generosity, uh, people often think, great, I showed up for the money sermon. That's fantastic. And especially, it never fails. There's always people that come on the day uh, that we're, you know, talking about generosity or something like that. And, you know, they haven't been to church in forever. And they come and they go, that's all churches ever talk about is money. And I, I promise that that's not true uh, here at Impact. But I've got good news for you today because we are not talking about money today. This is not a message about money today, all right? Um, I just want to say from the get-go, like I know a lot of times, we do hear a lot of churches talk about money. A lot of times they talk about it in more of a greed way than a generosity way. And, uh, and so I just want to say, like, if you've ever had money taken from you or stolen or not steward well, stewarded well at, from a church, man, I want to say, um, as a pastor, I'm sorry that that's been your experience. Um, I, I apologize for that. That is not who we want to be. That is not who we want to be as a church. Um, but listen, today, it's not about money. Today, we are talking about generosity. Because see, here's the difference. Money comes from our pockets, but generosity comes from our hearts. And so guys, today, I don't think Jesus, if he was here today, would want to talk to you about your money. I don't. I don't think Jesus would want to sit down and run a spreadsheet with you and pull up your charity records and find out like how, like I don't think that's what Jesus would do. I think if Jesus wanted to talk to you about generosity, he's not going to pull up your bank account. He's going to look inside of your heart and he's going to find out not how wealthy are you, but how generous are you. And so I want to read uh, together in John chapter three. And today I want to talk about just two main things. I want to talk about God's generosity towards us, and then I want to talk about how that compels us to show generosity to other people, all right? And so we're going to start in John chapter 3, 
and we're going to start in verse 16. John 3, 16. Some of you guys may have heard that before, right? Uh, if you're new to church, uh, you probably, you may not know what it says, but you probably heard the phrase John 3, 16. Uh, so we're going to read John 3, 16 and uh, the verse after that, verse 17. So John chapter 3, verse 16. If you're there, say, I'm there. That is great news. Here we go. Let's dive in. For God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say gave. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Somebody say good news. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Somebody say amen. amen. So guys, I want you to write this down. As we're talking about the theme and the thought of generosity today, the first step is I want you to remember God's generosity towards you. See guys, talking about generosity is not about what we give. As followers of Jesus, it always starts with what God gave. And so, guys, that's where we start. So I want you to remember the generosity that God has shown you. So before we talk about us being generous, let's talk about God's generosity. And um, the first thing that we see here about God's generosity in John chapter 3, verse 16, is that God's generosity is birthed out of love. God's generosity is birthed out of love. Man, I love this, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. See, guys, God didn't just love the world. God so loved the world. Like, like God's love abounds for the people. And now listen, that word, the world, doesn't mean God loves certain countries around the world, all right? The, the fact that God loves the world doesn't mean that God loves certain aspects of the world. Like, don't, when we think of the word world, we often think of a globe, right? We think of planet Earth. But that's not what the word is here. The word here is all the people of the world. For God so loved everybody, for God so loved everybody. For God so loved all the people everywhere. See, guys, God's love knows no boundaries. God's love doesn't have boundaries. Now, guys, I, I realize that for some of us, I, I realize that sometimes in certain relationships, boundaries can be a healthy thing. But sometimes, don't you think we might be a little quick to put up boundaries? Like sometimes we're using boundaries not for a safety reason, but for a personal preference reason. Things got hard, someone got hard to love, so we built a wall. Some, somebody, we didn't understand them, we didn't understand what they were like or the way they did things, and it didn't mesh with us, so we constructed a wall. We built a boundary. And so sometimes there are safe boundaries. Like sometimes we do need to build boundaries for physical safety, emotional safety, mental safety. But then there are other times that we build boundaries and it's not about safety. It's about a lack of love towards others. 
Well, guys, God knows no boundaries. And I'm not, we're not God, obviously. But I want you to fathom God's amazing love for you. That God loved you so much that when you were at your worst, I'm talking at your worst. I'm talking like, like you're having the worst day ever. Okay? And not because of what others are doing to you, but because of what you're doing to other people. All right? At your worst. Like, ain't about to win a citizenship award. All right? When you were at your worst, Christ died for you. Jesus showed his great love for you in that moment. See, guys, God loved us where we were. God didn't love us for who we would become. God loved us where we were. And no matter what boundaries we set up, God smashed through every single one of them. Listen, church, because he wants you. God wants you. God made you to have a relationship with him. And he will do kick down anything he can, whatever boundary we set up, to be with you. The second thing we see here is that God's generosity was costly. God's generosity cost him something. Look up here, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say gave. gave. He gave, and what did he give? His only son. Now, I, I have one son, so I can understand having an only son. But the fact is, and I've heard preachers get up and try to illustrate this passage by talking about being a parent and giving away a child. That doesn't even match or touch what's happening here in Scripture. Okay? That is not even an adequate illustration. Because Jesus, even though we call him God's son, the word, when you hear that Jesus is God's son in the Bible, that doesn't mean that God and, you know, had a baby and, uh, and that Jesus is his biological son. All right? That's not what God's son means. What it means is Jesus is God. That's what it means. It means that Jesus is God's son, meaning Jesus came fully from God. That he was fully man, that's why sometimes they call him the son of man, and he was fully man, but he was also fully God, meaning he was also the son of God. That he came from man, birthed of a virgin, but he also came fully from God. He's completely holy. And so this is what it means. So when it says that God gave his son, it means God gave himself. God sacrificed himself. Like he came in the form of Jesus as himself. He humbled himself to come as a man, as God. See, guys, that's something we can't fathom. Guys, it cost him. It cost him. It was God's great generosity that helped us. Because here's what we know. God does not give bad gifts. And God doesn't give based on what's um, just left over. God gives based on his best. Like, God didn't just formulate another plan so that he didn't have to get involved. God formulated a plan, and his plan was to sacrifice himself. God gave us Jesus as a sacrifice because God's generosity is sacrificial. When God gives, it costs him something. And God gave us Jesus, knowing Jesus was going to give his life. 
all of it. Jesus gave his entire life. Man, I love the fact sometimes we as humans, we are always looking for what is the least we have to do, right? Any, any teachers in the room? And so you might understand this when a student comes to you and is like, do I have to do that? Can you just give me what's going to be on the test so I can study? You want me to study all of this, but maybe not all of it's going to be on the test? Like, we are always looking. You know, I remember the first semester I was in college, and I had to have the infamous, what do I have to do to get a C in this class? Conversation, right? It's college algebra. Did my best, right? Some people were having some PTSD. So that, that's what happened. Like, like sometimes we, that's how we look at generosity. We look at generosity through the lens of what is the least I can do to make God and other people happy. And I'll make sure I do that so I can check the box. Guys, that's not who God is. That's not how God dealt with me. God gave, Jesus, listen to this. Jesus did not tithe his blood. He gave it. Jesus didn't say, do I have to give 10% of my blood to save these people? Father, they don't even want me. They reject me. And probably not even 10% of people are going to give their lives to me. How about, how about this month we get, I give 2% of my blood? Jesus, out of his great love for us, out of his sacrifice, sacrificial giving, gave his whole life for us. I'm not here to, I'm not telling you that so that now you will go give your life for other people. I'm telling you that so that you can remember and focus on God's great generosity towards us. I'm not telling you that so that you'll walk out of here feeling challenged or guilty. I'm telling you that so you will walk out of here madly in love with Jesus. Because he held nothing back from loving you. When you were at your worst, when you were the most unlovable human on the planet, Jesus gave his all for you. And he did it because he's so madly in love with you. He wants relationship with you. Like, he wants you. That was his motive. Um, next, we see God's generosity changes lives. God's generosity changes lives. If you go back up to uh, John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him, listen to this, will not perish, hmm, but will have everlasting life. Then in verse 17, it says, because Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. Oh, man. He came into the world to save the world. Like Jesus' motive was not to come and condemn you. Jesus did not give his life for you to live a life of guilt and shame and condemnation. Jesus gave his life to save you from condemnation. Where the world looks at you and says, you're not enough. You don't measure up. You're not smart enough. You don't make enough. You don't have a good enough job. You're useless in the ways of the world. Jesus came to save you from that. And say, that's not your measurement anymore. You're saved by me. 
covered in my righteousness. And, and guys, like, for us, God's gift of salvation, His generosity, took people from perishing to having eternal life. What a pendulum. You could not get any worse than perishing. Right? And you cannot get any better than living forever. And that's what God did for us. Guys, His generosity changed our destinies. It took us from perishing to having eternal life. And the way this happened, guys, is that God reached out to us. Let's be honest, man. There are days we don't go around being like, man, I'm so righteous, I'm so awesome, I hope, I hope God knows how awesome I am. Oh, God saved me because of how awesome I am. God didn't save you because of how awesome you are. He saved you because you think you're so awesome. And you needed to be saved. Like Jesus said, he didn't come, you know, you don't send a doctor to somebody who's not feeling sick, right? It's a waste of money. He says, in the same way, Jesus says, I came for those who needed a Savior. And guys, that's all of us. All of us needed saving. And that's what Jesus did for us. And he reached out to us. God's generosity is what compelled our hearts to come to him. It was Jesus' generosity that paid off our debt that our sin created. Guys, our sin, sin is a church word that just means disobeying God. Okay? And the Bible says every single one of us have disobeyed God. Now, I don't want to harp there and spend a lot of time there because I've never really met, I get this from Pastor Bob, I've never really met a whole lot of people uh, who needed to be reminded that they were a wretched sinner, all right? So if, as long as we can all agree that we start there, then I can move on. Everybody good? All right. The fact is, we know that we're messed up, okay? But the good news is that even though we messed up and we deserved perishing, Jesus perished for us. He gave his life on the cross for us, shed his blood for us, so that anyone who believes in him and has relationship with him can literally have all of their sin forgiven. And now not forgiven the way I forgive. Where I forgive, you know, but I don't forget. You know, I forgive, but it's always going to linger with me. God's forgiveness includes forgetfulness. God's forgiveness says when he forgives our sins and our disobedience, it's like tying them up and throwing them to the deepest bottom of the seashore. He said that's what it's like when Jesus forgives our sins. Guys, that's what Jesus' generosity did for us. It has wiped us clean, and now because our sins are forgiven, we can have a relationship with God. Like we can know him, we can pray to him and worship him and talk to him and he can be with us and we can have this amazing relationship because he reached out to us and has forgiven our sins. Guys, this is really good news. God's generosity literally ensures that you can live forever. God's generosity is not here so you can live a more moral life. God, God's generosity, we're talking that if you believe in him, 
and you receive his forgiveness and the gift of his generosity towards you in Jesus, if you receive that, church, we're talking that you're going to be alive 14 trillion years from now with God. How awesome is that? Like, this is what God's generosity did for us. So this Christmas, guys, listen. So we talk about generosity. I need you to remember God's generosity towards us. Um, I want to show you one more passage of Scripture, though. You guys still got your Bibles? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. And as you turn there or scroll there on your phones... I'm going to read just a part of this story, and um, I think John 3.16 is a wonderful passage to reflect on during Christmas, but I also wanted to show you through the Christmas story, and I, listen, (laughs) the theme of generosity is everywhere in the Bible. Like, part of me wants to say it's everywhere in the New Testament, but it's not. It's everywhere in the whole book. Like, God's generosity is everywhere. But especially in the New Testament, I just started, and so what happened was I was like, you know what, I'm just going to read to them a bunch of verses on generosity. And it took up, like, page after page after page. And I was like, these people probably want to go home at some point today. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to read one section to you, okay? One passage And I chose the Christmas passage, or one of the Christmas passages, because I wanted you to see. So there are these wise men. These wise men uh, were rulers, uh, kings, and uh, and so they they were headed out um, because they wanted to go find Jesus. And, uh, and history tells us that this was probably a couple of years after Jesus was born. So it's not one of those where the, you know, the wise men are in your nativity. Uh, so if you have a nativity set and the wise men are there, please remove them, uh, put them in the bathroom, and uh, you can bring them out March, okay? So that's, that's probably the best way to think about that and consider that. Um, so as as we talk about the wise men, let's read this passage. I want you to listen to what the wise men did. Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. If you're there, say, I'm there. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Now, I don't have time to talk about this, but that's a miracle. Like, that's, that's amazing. All right, verse 10. When they saw the star, (laughs) they rejoiced. Everybody say rejoiced. Exceedingly with great joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. (laughs) I mean, could could you put a sentence together any more joyfully? All right. How you doing today? I'm just rejoicing exceedingly with great joy. Okay. It's like, I want what he's having today. Like, Pour me a cup of that. Like, that, that's rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Like, the point is, they could not have had any more joy than when they found Jesus. Okay? Like, their joy exceeded. And here's the thing. It didn't say they were really happy. It didn't say they were really thrilled because their feet were hurting from the traveling and they could finally rest. It says they were joyful. Oh, come on. You know what the word joy is? Joy is a deep inner, inner joy. 
okay? This is not, um, I look joyful. This is deep inside. Even though things may look bad and look hard and be crazy, I got some joy welling up in me because I got Jesus inside of me. Okay? This is what it looks like. And these wise men find Jesus and they are rejoicing exceedingly with great joy. Well, what does that cause them to do? Let's keep reading. Verse 11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Guys, these are people that are used to people bowing down to them. And without hesitation, they find what they're look, who they're looking for, and they worship him. Then, opening their treasures, that word treasures means treasure, wealth, gifts, they offered him gifts. Let's see what the two-year-old is getting. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's not a bad Christmas. Yeah, I don't know about the frankincense and myrrh, but I'll take some gold in my stocking, Absolutely. Guys, listen, I want you to write this down. What we see in this passage is because of God's great generosity to us, we are to show God's generosity to others. We are to show God's generosity to others. Um, this really plays out for me. Um, I, was, I was trying to narrow it down. I was even talking to Ellen uh, a little bit this week, just trying to figure out, like, man, we have so many stories of generosity um, as we've stepped out on faith and started two churches now, and um, God willing, hopefully, to, to start more, there's so many instances where we get stuck, and we're like, man, I guess this is it. Like, you know, we, we are missionaries, we're trying to serve Jesus, and now we've just gotten in a pickle, and I guess this is it. Like, maybe this is God's way of saying, no, uh, no more of that. Now it's time to go and uh, get a, a, a different job that can provide, you know, for your family. And we've been in, and every time we've been in one of those situations, God has always miraculously provided for us. And listen to how he provides for us, through the generosity of others. Like, I wish I could tell you that every time it's like, you know, dollar dollar bills start falling from the sky. Can't believe I just said that. But like, well, I can't, you know, like, I wish I could tell you that it's like manna falling from heaven, but it's gold coins. And we're like, bank, baby, like, this is great. Like, but that's not how it happens. You know how God provides? God often shows off his generosity through the generosity of other people in our life. And, uh, and so just this past time, we were talking about going to Greece. So I wanted to share this story um, since Justin and we got our Impact Nova team here going to Greece. Is, uh, we were going to Greece this September, and man, it was expensive. And God told us that, um, so Ellen and I were like, let's rock, paper, scissors this to see who's going to go. Because we can't afford for both of us to go. And, uh, and God just said very clearly, no, both of you are going to go. And I was like, well, Lord... If that's your will, then you could, it's your bill. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to figure that out. And, uh, and he says, yeah, and take Zeke. And I was like, you do know uh, Zeke requires a plane ticket too, right? Like, we can't just strap that dude on the nose of the plane. Like, uh, you know, we got to do something. And God says, yeah, yeah, I know. And so, so we start support raising, and God's showing up and doing some cool things. But, guys, when I say we were short, like, I'm talking we were short, like, thousands of dollars, like, and I was like, Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen, but maybe I can talk to Impact. They can put me on a payment plan, and, you know, maybe for the next 10, 12 years, we can pay this trip off, you know, and, and so let's just see what God does. And, and so we started contacting some people. We contacted this one family, 
who had supported us in the past of a trip that we took. And um, listen, we met this family because the last church we started, Impact Nova, used to meet in an elementary school cafeteria. And, uh, and we tried so hard to reach out to that elementary school, and so many times they're just like, no, you know, religion, bad, like Christianity, bad, like we can't be associated with you, except for this one teacher. And she would show up every now and then. And when she showed up, it was like the Spirit of God showed up. Like she would come up, and you know what she would do? She would just randomly show up, and she would come to me with tears in her eyes, and she would say, I just felt, her and her husband, she would say, we just felt the Lord telling us to come and worship with you because you don't know how much it means to us that when we walk the halls on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we know that Jesus has been worshiped in this building this week. And that is often enough to get us through the hard weeks that we have. And I thought, man, thank you. Like, how do you, I mean, what a blessing to hear that. And, and that, have not talked to her in years, really since we moved to Fredericksburg. She reaches out and says, how much do you need? Well, we have this much left. She says, well, <laughs> she, she says, well, I'm sure Zoe and Evie would love to support you. And I thought, yeah, all right, crazy lady, you know, like, yeah, okay, yeah, go, go to Impact Nova, you know, like, go hang out with them. Because uh, Zoe and Evie are five and three, respectively, you know, like, they're, they're, they're not going to, I mean, they could empty their piggy bank out, we'd have like a dollar sixty. So uh, that's what we're looking at. And so she sends a check for the remainder of the balance, talking thousands of dollars. And she says, I know that if Zoe and Evie were adults and they had jobs, they would want to send you. And so let us do that on their behalf. Guys, that sent us to Greece, which allowed us to share the gospel with refugees from around the world. Guys, God often shows his generosity through the generosity of others. Um, so I want to tell you just a few things about this passage, about the wise men. Um, number one, you can write this down, our generosity is birthed out of worship. So you may notice God's generosity is birthed out of love, his love for us, but our generosity is birthed out of our worship of him. So if you're having a hard time being generous, then just realize before you start crunching the numbers, let God crunch your heart. Like before you get out the spreadsheet to see if you can do it or not, worship Jesus, fall in love with him and do what he tells you to do. We give because God gave to us first. Guys, followers of Jesus are a giving people. Followers of Jesus are not greedy. Followers of Jesus are not stingy. Because how can you follow the one who gave his entire life for you with your eyes on him and when someone asks you for help, say, no, I can't help you. I'm following the one who gave everything for me. You can't do that. It's impossible. So guys, you cannot follow Jesus and be greedy at the same time. You cannot follow Jesus and be stingy at the same time. And I'm going to say this too, and man, I hope you hear my heart in it. You cannot follow Jesus and be fearful at the same time. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, saying your fear is a sin or anything like that. I get it. I've, I've been there too. Man, I'll be honest, I kind of live that way. Like, 
You know, starting a new church is not easy financially for a church or for a pastor, and I get it. So I I understand where so many of us may be, where you might be fearful of losing your job or fearful of getting cuts or fearful of the economy. Like, I understand that. But guys, when we follow Jesus, we are following the one who owns the planet. We are following the one who is sovereign and can make anything happen that he wants to happen. So when we follow Jesus, we are invited to lay our fear of money aside because we are following the king, the one that other kings lay their gold out for. That's who we follow. Um, Next, I want you to write this down. Our generosity is giving our best, not our leftovers. Our generosity is giving our best, not our leftovers. The wise men didn't hold out. They didn't step back. They didn't say, oh, well, let's see. Uh, I had to use the gold for some snacks at the 7-Eleven and, uh, you know, frankincense and myrrh. Like, I didn't do all that. Instead, what they did is they, they saved up their best. I bet they even sacrificed on their journey to be able to have those gifts so they could present them to Jesus out of their generosity. Guys, generosity is giving our best, not our leftovers. This doesn't mean how much you give but how you give. Listen, this is not about how much you give. This is about how you give. It's your motive in your heart. The wise men gave gifts that were sacrificial. The wise men journeyed a long way to give those gifts. The wise men risked their lives because if you read the rest of the story, they got a king that's trying to kill them. So they risked their lives. Why? To give gifts for generosity. So guys, listen, God wants us to start with generosity. He doesn't, he doesn't, it's not when we follow Jesus, we start with being generous. We don't, we don't just take whatever scraps are left on the heap and say, you know, I think we could be a little generous this month. We don't stop and because generosity is not about the numbers. It is about your heart. It is about your mindset. It is about trusting Jesus to provide. Now, listen, these are hard things to say. I get it. Listen, because you may be sitting there going, Brandon, you don't know my situation. You don't know how much debt we have. You don't know this or that. And you're right, guys, I don't. So I'm not trying to just be flippant, all right? I understand this can be an intense topic, but what I'm trying to get you to understand is that let God do the work in your heart because it doesn't matter how many financial advisors you meet with. It doesn't matter how many great spreadsheets or apps that you use to track your money. If your heart is wrong, you will always be wanting for more. Always. You have got to let Jesus change your heart and give you a heart of generosity. And so I would, I would subscribe. I heard this from a wise dude that he says that first thing you should do when you get um, your money is the first thing you should do is give to God. Like, don't wait until pay all this, but the first thing you do is you give back to God what's his. Now, I was explaining this to my children, and uh, if you ever want to just see how much uh, greed and selfishness runs in people's veins, explain to someone uh, that they got to give 10% of their tooth fairy money um, to Jesus, all right? It ain't pretty. And, uh, and so, but, but you kind of see and you go, oh man, yeah, that's me. That's me inside of you. Um, and, and 
and I realize that, but we first, we start with giving to God. Then we take what God's given to us and we, we provide for our needs. We meet our needs. And, and then we give to others. We give generously to others above and beyond what we've given to God. And then we take what's left over and we play. We hang out. And, uh, and I, I don't know who said it, uh, so I can't give them credit. I also don't want them to get really prideful. But Guys, that's, <laughs> that's how we follow Jesus. That's Jesus' formula of giving God our best, not our leftovers. Write this down. Our generosity is joyful. Our generosity is joyful. We don't give out of legalism. We do not give out of legalism. Because you will give and give and give and you will write that check and you will click submit on that online giving and you will click submit on Venmo and you will, you will give. We do have a Venmo, by the way. You will give and give. <laughs> you will give and give and give. And listen, if you are doing it legalistically because you think it's what God expects or you think that the reason your car didn't start is because you haven't given. Like If you're only giving because you think it's a magic formula to get what you want, you will still not get what you want. Because God cares about your heart. And he wants you to give joyfully. In the same way that you worship, and Wes, you start playing on that keyboard, and Joe's playing on that guitar, and Gavin's beating the thing over there, and you're, you're doing all this stuff, and you hit that key change. I'm not going to do it for you, but you do that key change, and everybody's heart goes, Woo, yeah, that's Jesus. Like, yes, and you get a little bit of joy in your heart. That's what it should feel like giving financially to God. It's crazy, right? But guys, that only happens when our give and our generosity is worshipful and not legalistic. I want you to think about, if you're having a hard time being joyful, think about what your generosity is accomplishing. I want you to think about, because some of you will never go to Greece, but you will give to people who go to Greece. And they will come back and they will tell you stories of refugees who had dreams and visions of a man in white that they didn't know who he was. And then they hear the gospel of Jesus, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to heaven except through Jesus. And right there, they denounce Islam, they denounce their past, they denounce the, their families, and they follow Jesus. And Jesus provides for them like you've never seen before. You may never hug that person today, but you will hug them a million years from now when you see each other in God's presence in heaven. Guys, that when I hear stories like that, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if we can do this, but try to cash this check, see if that works. Because this is awesome. This is joyful. So I want to show you what I'm talking about. And this is a little segment I call a 2023 financial presentation. I want to show you, <laughs> that fell flat. This is what I want to show you. Why in my head, it was like everybody was going to clap and there was theme music and stuff and none of that happened. Yeah. Um, so I want to show you guys, uh, we're going to put it up on the screen. I want to show you guys um, a little bit of, uh, peel the curtain back for a little bit of the finances of Impact Church. I just want to show you guys what I'm talking about. Go, go to the next slide. Um, so this is as of the end of September. So this is a couple of months old. We're still working on some of those numbers, but this is through the end of September. So this is the first nine months of the year. Um, I want to show you that uh, our church has taken in $194,000 and we have spent $190,000. Yeah, give the Lord some praise for that. That's amazing because uh, Bobby, year two of Impact Nova, that wasn't, that, take a couple of zeros away. Go to the next slide. 
Okay, out of that hundred and whatever we had up there, 106,000 has come directly from you, from Impact Church. And 81,000 have come from outside partners. That means that as of year two of this little church plant, we are already 57% self-sustaining as a church. Yeah, give the Lord some praise. Now, you may be wondering, why is that a big deal? What, do we, what does that matter? Well, guys, when you plant a church, it, it's hard, especially in this economy, and we did it in the middle of a pandemic. It can be really hard financially. So we have outside churches and partners, people that give $20 a month or $2,000 a month, and they, they give that to us to help us start this church. The problem is it doesn't last forever. Because a sign of a healthy church is that that church is giving generously to support itself, okay? And so we want to be good stewards of that money so that um, in the next year or two, we can be fully self-sustaining so we don't need outside people anymore to help us. Then, guys, listen to what we can do. We can send some other people out to start another church somewhere else, and our partners will move with them to go help financially support them. Like, this, this is not just a call to match a spreadsheet. This helps us plant more churches and make more disciples. And that's why this is important. So, next slide, please. Uh, you'll see, I'll come over here for this one, um, that we have a goal that by the end of next year, we would love to be 100% self-sustaining. That means that in the next year, we would love to be able to stand up as a church and say, man, we've got all these outside partners, and, and they're ready to help start another church, and we've got some leaders, so let's send some people out. Let's start another church, man. Let, let's use this freedom that we have in generosity to go get the gospel to more people. Like, let's help start another church in Athens, Greece. Let's start more churches in Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. to reach the nations with the gospel. Guys, that's what being self-sustaining helps us do. So we would love to be able to do that by next year. Now, you may be wondering, Brandon, that's a lot of money. And I'm looking around. It cannot take that much money to run this, uh, you know, operation. Check out the, the next slide. I want to show you where some of the money that we give goes to. Now, I'm not a charts person, so I just want to point a couple of things out to you. Um, number one, you see personnel. That's 55% of our spending plan goes to personnel. Guys, in Northern Virginia, 65 to 70% is what's average because the cost of living is so high. So I want you to see we do have some part-time staff, um, and uh, myself was the only full-time staff for the longest time, and we just brought Alexa on as our full-time kids serve team leader. Um, and so she's, uh, that's, that's amazing because that means investment in our children um, and in their generation. And so, but we're able to do that and only spend about half of our spending plan on that. So we're way under for that. And then you'll see our building and administration is at 14%. That's going to be even further down because that's when we were still at our other location paying over double what we're paying now for, uh, for rent. And so, um, and then you'll see ministry is what we spend on ourselves. So that's, a, that's goldfish in the back. That's the sandwiches you're going to eat at the next steps party today. Um, that's, that's stuff like that, all right? And then I want you to look at this because I'm really excited about this, that this church spends 13% of every dollar that comes in on missions and outreach as a church. Like, that is a really big deal because most churches I've been a part of, their goal is to get to 10%, maybe. And this shows us that we are not only at 10%, guys, we're only two years old. We're still receiving money as someone else's mission. 
like someone else is showing this chart to their church and going, yeah, and part of that 13% we give is to this little church plant, Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And guys, we're just taking the money they're giving and we're just sending it out the door. We're giving it away to places that help, like Zoe Freedom Center, to help fight addictions, to um, help create funds for foster care and adoption within our church, to help send teams around the world, whether it's to Korea or Athens, Greece, or across North America to Canada or, or the Northwest. Like We are using these funds um, to, to do things like parades, to share the gospel with people, and to, to send out invites. And guys, that's what's happening. So when I look at this, and I give to this church. I love giving to this church because I know the impact that it is having. I hear the stories. I see the faces. I know the families' lives who have been changed by the power of the gospel because this church exists where it didn't exist two years ago. I give to this church joyfully what has been given to me. Is there another slide? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you guys may want to see like some of the people who do give to us financially. I'll just point out the Way Church in Glen Allen, Virginia. Um, they, uh, they are only two years ahead of us as a church. And they came to us at two years old and said, hey, we're only two years old, but uh, we believe in what you're doing, and we want to lead our church to do what you're doing. So can we give you guys $500 a month to help you start this church so that we can learn from you and have you as our first missions partner. And I was like, huh, yeah, you can do that. And, uh, and so this past year, I was like, hey, man, you know, if you guys need to scale back, I understand, you know, whatever. And he was like, no, Brandon, listen, what he said, he said, God's been generous to us. He said, so, and we know when we give to Impact, we know where it's going. We know it's going to help start churches and make disciples. So is it okay with you if we keep giving to you? because at least we know we're making a kingdom impact. I was like, well, let me pray about it. Yes, that's fine. That's wonderful. All right, is there another slide, Daniel? That's it. All right, good. Hey, guys, I want you to see that. Now, I know that that's not super exciting. I know you may look at that, but it pumps me up because, man, I look at that, and I'm like, man, look at what God is doing. And sometimes, guys, we need some, a reason to give joyfully and I want you guys to share in that with us. Also, want to make sure that there are no secrets when it comes to our church, that, that you are fully aware of what God's doing um, through you and in you. Um, so with that, I wanted to announce today um, that, guys, we are announcing today our Christmas offering. And so here's what this is. We're, I'm asking everybody that's here today, man, if, you're, if you are currently giving to Impact, continue to give to Impact. If you're not giving um, to a church home, then, man, I, I hope you will pray after today and consider, God, how can I be more generous to give to you first and do that through Impact Church? I hope you'll pray about those things. Here's what else I hope you'll pray about. I hope you'll pray about giving a little bit above that to help us reach our Christmas um, offering. Because 100% of our Christmas offering, we're not using it to pay light bills. We're not going to use it to put a down payment on a new building. We're not going to use it, you know, I'm still going to drive my uh, blue 2011 Ford Escape as long as I can. Like, it's not going to my pocket. 100% of this Christmas offering is going straight to missions partners around the world. 
All it does is helps us start 2024 in the black so that we can start sending teams immediately and don't have to wait for the money to come in, all right? And so our goal for our Christmas offering this year, and I think we'll put it up on the screen, but our goal this year is to raise $3,500 for our Christmas offering where 100% will go towards missions. So you're going to see this, and in two weeks, we're going to come back up during go time And we don't ever take up an offering like during a part of our worship, but we're going to do that um, uh, in two weeks. We're not going to pass a basket um, because, you know, all the uh, pandemic and stuff, but we we are going to do it online or give you a chance to write checks and have envelopes. And we're going to do that all as a church together. We're going to bring our offering on December 17th. Thank you. I think, is that right? Uh, On December 17th, we're going to bring our Christmas offering and we are going to try to raise $3,500. Last year, our goal was $3,000 and we raised $3,600. And so guys, I want to just encourage you um, to please uh, pray about how you will give. Uh, And you'll hear in the coming weeks what that Christmas offering is specifically going to go to. We're not just going to shove it in a designated account and let it burn. All right, we're going to give it away as soon as possible. Um, Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. And as you do, write this down. This is our last note today. I want you to write this down. Our generosity is a picture of what Jesus did for us. So guys, when you're being generous, just realize that you are showing yourself, you're showing your family, you're showing the world a picture of what Jesus did for us. Our generosity is a picture of the gospel. And so this Christmas, guys, I want us to be a church that is reaching out. Guys, we have more of a reason to celebrate Christmas than anyone on the planet. He's our Savior. And guys, one of the best ways we can do that is by reaching out. And I want to encourage us, man, as followers of Jesus, let's ask God to change us and give us hearts of generosity. Now, listen, you're going to leave here today, and these thoughts of generosity are going to bring up all sorts of idols in your life, all sorts of insecurities and fears that you may have. Um, Expect that. But choose to trust God anyway. So the first question I want to ask you today as we respond to God is, have you opened up his gift? the gift of eternal life that he's given to you. Because, guys, you can write checks and give on then, But if you haven't opened the gift Jesus has given to you, then it doesn't matter. Guys, I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you go from a life that is perishing to a life that lives forever with God. And the only way we do that is if we open up the gift he's given to us. And listen, guys, that gift is not a prayer that you have to pray. It's not a, you know, a certain amount of classes you have to go to. The gift that he gives you to open is himself. A relationship with him. And it's free. You don't even have to. And when you do, Jesus does the work in your heart and we come around you and we help take you to the starting line. And we run with you. So I want to encourage you today, if you've never opened that gift during our response time, this is a time for you to do that. I also want to encourage you, if you have opened that gift and, and you do, I want to ask you today, as we respond to God, would you meditate on his generosity to you? Would you just take a second and go, God, you've been so good to me. You have just poured out blessing after blessing in my life. 
and just thank him for it and ask him, so Lord, where do I go from there? And I believe he'll point you in the right direction. Let's, let's pray together. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.